enfants absolus du monde. The absolute end of the world. What do you know about it? I know it played once. Opening night premiere of the Festival International de Cinema Fantastique de Sitges. Violence erupted in the theater. When Hans Bakovic, the director, tried to get it out of the country, the government seized it and destroyed it, not realizing it was a work in progress and his only print. He quit the business. The film's only been seen by that one audience. You did your homework, but the government didn't destroy the film. Welcome to Screen Run. I'm your host, The Lady Juan, and I'm here with... Chris Scalzo. Screen Run is the show where Chris and I discuss the films of a particular artist or franchise, movie by movie, and in season three, we have been discussing the films of John Carpenter. Today is our final episode of the season. Can you wow. believe it? It's it's really it's kind of sweet, you know? I, yeah, it's, I'm, it's bittersweet <laughs> is what I guess I should try to say. Yeah, it's... I'm happy it's over, <laughs> but it was quite a journey and I enjoyed every minute of it. What? A journey it was. I mean, I, I say it's the final episode of season three, but if he comes back and does another movie, we will come back and do another episode as we I did would be shocked. Clerks but, three, you know. Yeah, we'll see. We will keep going if he will keep going. And I've, I have not, <laughs> I have not uh, dedicated any thought process or feelings towards that Aliens series either. So I don't know. I think that's uh, outside the realm. So Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So in our final episode of season three, we're going to recap this journey a little bit. We're going to talk about Carpenter's episode of the anthology series, Masters of Horror. And I've got some questions for you, Chris. So I'm going to... goody. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't told you what they are. (laughs) And we should clarify too, he did two of them and um, we're going to be discussing cigarette burns. Yes. This, he did one for uh, season two, I think, called, was it Pro-Life, I think, with uh, Ron Perlman. But I remember seeing that one and not being really impressed with it. And I had not seen this one. So so just for context, Masters of Horror is an anthology television show. So every episode is a different story. And I think it ran on Showtime originally. Yeah. I think that's it. it was 2005, 2006. There were two seasons of it. So yes, we have we have an episode from 2005, Cigarette Burns, which Jason from Binge Movies talked about on our Vampires episode. Um, mm-hmm. He made me very afraid to watch it. It sounded absolutely horrific and disgusting. And I gotta tell you, I was not horrified nor disgusted when I watched this. What about you? Oh, really? Not at all? It just looked so TV to me mm-hmm. that I was just like, man, I wish I was scared of this. But yeah, that's one of my I know it's it's, it's TV horror for yeah. sure. I went back. I was like, is this crummy or is this whole show like this? The whole show's like that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I watched is. a couple episodes for other directors, and I was like, okay. Oh, okay. So he he understood the assignment. This just isn't an assignment for me. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of the cousin to then not quite as rich and successful cousin for uh, <laughs> was it Tales from the Crypt show that was on yes. HBO for a very long time. So yeah, I mean, and I'll say too that I ended up buying this because oh. it was four dollars to rent and like six dollars to own. So I'm like, you know what? I I like John Carpenter. Yeah. I think right. So <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna buy it. I think. And I did. Plus, I got Udo Kier. I'm a big fan of his, so he's one of those weird guys that you always enjoy. He's going to give you some crazy-ass performance <laughs> doing something, 
And he does pull through for me here for that. Well, should we talk about what it's about yes. first? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. You know, we covered it a tiny bit, but the concept of the episode is it's a snuff film. So for you non-disturbed individuals who haven't spent too much time on the internet, that's a, a film of someone being killed for real. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a snuff film of an angel being killed. And when people see it, they just um, are driven to horrific acts of violence. And this crazy collector is like, get me that movie. I got to see it. And what's his name? Norman Reedus? Yeah, yep. 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 I don't know why I blanked on that. It's such a weird name. Uh, Norman Reedus is our, our guy tasked with tracking it down. And he kind of goes through the experience of finding it and he's hurt the reputation of it and it doesn't believe. And then, you know, it is, um, it is really, you know, gross when people watch it, but Norman Reedus doesn't seem very upset at any point in my opinion, not as upset as he should be. <laughs> Nor does he seem to really get up too upset about anything. No, nope. I mean, it's... Oh, no, I think that was my problem with the episode was him was he was just sort of, you know, he's watching a man eviscerate himself and he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> He does have a moment of like, what? What? Whoa. Why are you doing that? I got to get out of here. Maybe. <laughs> it's all... Now, I don't think the angel is killed, right? They just right, cut that's... off his wings and chain him. So I couldn't... If there's another woman, though. Who yeah, but I don't know who she... Tortured. Is she an angel? I I couldn't tell. I don't think so, because you think they would have shown that, too, with the wing? I don't... I assume she was some type of heavenly she's being, magic, maybe. Or... Right? I don't know. Yeah. That angel also looks like an alien. Yeah, I didn't care for the angel's makeup work really it's much creepy. at all. But that yeah. is like a, a truly very thin man, right? In those, yeah, yeah. In those prosthetics, they can't make you smaller. One of the things I really liked about it is that I think it's an interesting, fun concept, you know, about the power of film. Yes. And then playing with the whole cigarette burns motif, mm. which you're not really going to see anymore since almost everything's shot digitally. Yeah. Um, but I think it it has a weird quality to it where I think it kind of sticks with you. So here's the thing. Even though it's only an hour long, mm-hmm. I watched it in halves because I just <laughs> ran out of time and I was so tired last <laughs> night. So I watched half of it. Yeah. And then like I went to bed and I couldn't get it out of my head the first half. It really kind of was like, I think it Carpenter's very successful in this in presenting this unsettling subject mm-hmm. matter in a way where it kind of just sticks in your brain. It's still, it's not overly competent. It's not really, you know, it's it's nothing near, I think, his classic work. But I feel like there's there is something about this that really, really works for a TV horror yeah. episode. I think the first Minus half Rita's. is much stronger than the second half. The, the feeling of like, oh my God, what's this going to be? What's going to mm. happen? It's so much scarier in anticipation than in execution. Yeah, because I'm running through my head what it's yeah. going to be. And that's almost always going to be worse. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think some of it is a little bit of like, you know, TV horror effects are just not quite there. And also it's 2005. Yeah. So I think I, I definitely agree the first half was stronger and was more like eerie and foreboding and unsettling and then the second half is just sort of graphic violence which if it's it's either going to be unsettling or nothing when it's that graphic and for me it was nothing thankfully because i'm glad i wasn't disturbed by this so i i'm happy to not be you know haunted 
even when <laughs> the taxi driver gets her fate, I thought that was pretty effective and almost like hostile level violence and yeah. unnerving. It's gr- gross. Gross mm-hmm. is that is that a film uh, review word? Gross. I think so. Uh, I think <laughs> technical term. In general, I loved the concept of the story. I loved the name of the episode because it's really clever uh, for a director who's known as a prolific smoker <laughs> to, mm. to do the episode called Cigarette Burns. And w- what Cigarette Burns refers to in the film industry is like the little that looks like a cigarette burn on the film, which is cueing the projectionist to change the reel, which is information I learned from Fight Club. <laughs> so... That movie's educational. There you go. But yeah, like you said, it's not really uh, a thing anymore. It's not something you're going to see anymore with with digital. So it's kind of a lost nuance. Mm-hmm. Cody Carpenter did the score. Yeah. <laughs> you like Cody? It's it's fine. You know, it's I, I it continues to confirm my disdain for modern air quotes since <laughs> where everything kind of sounds just I don't know too clean. Yeah, there's no warmth to it, I think. And I think it's mostly solid work, though I think the opening is a bit much when we're introduced to Redis's character and he's walking down the hall and there's this consistent, like, what is it, like bells or ting, ting, ting type thing. And it's just, but I think it's fine. (laughs) I don't think it's as good as anything his father did, respectfully. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be because his last name is Carpenter. That's right. (laughs) Um, I think my favorite thing in the episode which you know I didn't didn't care for that much but my favorite thing which I thought was very cool was the scene where we're watching the projectionist cut the film and the scene keeps cutting and Mm -hmm. I just it is unnecessary cuts it's just to point out that he's making cuts and I thought that was so clever and like really cool to watch and like a visual explanation of what he's literally doing and I dug that. I was like, oh, that's super smart. I really like that. think it could have gotten a little more meta or was it meta enough for you? It could have gone more. I think maybe for the time it was pretty meta. Mm-hmm. Going back to 2005 before meta was like a given. So I could have I gone for some more, more meta, less, you know, prosthetics and violence. Um, yeah. But more, more eerie would have been an improvement in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. And I think we both agree that Redis is the weak point of the entire thing. He's the weakest thing in it. Yeah. I feel bad. I'm sure he's good in other things, but I literally Googled today, does Norman Redis suck at acting? Like I needed to know, like, <laughs> is he just is he a bad actor or is he just like not giving in this episode? And I didn't get a conclusive answer from the internet. So mm. <laughs> Would you consider this to be better than the ward? Or, or Ghost of Mars? Um it's definitely more interesting mm-hmm. it's more it's a more creative story it's more interesting visually yeah it is more carpenter i agree with that entirely i think you're exactly right about that it does feel like a, a bit of a return to what he does it's too bad it's just again like i haven't seen pro-life i think since it came out um but this is the closest we've seen to i don't know what do you want to say aged vintage <laughs> carpenter i'm not sure but uh yeah yeah it's 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 okay yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. honestly when I went back and watched some of the other episodes, it's better than those ones. Yeah. So I watched it on an app called Local TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> which 
<laughs> that, Man, that you're exists. Like, you're like Sherlock Holmes with this <laughs> stuff, finding these things. Yeah, it's a free app. You can get all two seasons of it, and you can also get your local weather if you just tell it where you live. <laughs> Did you have commercials? Uh, yes, there are commercials. Okay, but, but, but it wasn't cut at all? No. Mm-mm. All right. Yeah. Well, now I feel like an idiot spending six bucks on this thing. No, you were supporting art. That's true. <laughs> I just gave my data to some company. So really, I'm the fool here. That's right, sucker. <laughs> Yet another company knows about my viewing habits. All right, hopefully, Mick Garris gets a, a couple bucks from this. He's the guy <laughs> that came up with the whole franchise, the whole thing in the begin with. Hopefully. I hope. Who knows? Showtime's probably pocketing all that anyway. Those bastards. <laughs> So it does say in Wikipedia that they sacrifice, that this filmmaker guy, the hostile guy, say that they sacrifice an angel in the film. Yeah, but you can't really like see that. You see what's happening, but there's no like narrative that you're watching. It's just sort of stuff is happening. So I was like, I guess that's what's happening. But I don't know who that lady is because she's not that alien looking angel with clearly chopped off wings. Now, another thing too that's really kind of weird, not a place is... The guy who I think owns the cinema, who's the father of Rita's yeah. dead girlfriend. Yeah. What's that his... whole relationship didn't make any sense to me. Like, no. You're a drug addict. You and your my daughter are drug addicts. She takes her own life. So I end up giving you the theater to run. Yeah. But I want to shut it down. It was, it seemed but to I... me like he was like, I'll give you a loan for the theater, even though you guys are fuck ups. And then, oh, so he doesn't own it. He just gives him the money to I th- buy it. I think the dad loaned the boyfriend the money to get the place started. Okay. And it's not sense. making money. And now he's like, I want my investment back because now it's not even a, something to keep my daughter around because she's gone now. Okay. But all of their interactions are very like awkward. And just the the conversation between the two of them is like very... It feels like it got run through a translator. Yeah, it like it's not it's not natural conversational. No. Not that they would be like on the greatest of terms, but if this is like an emotional confrontation between them, you think they'd be able to say words to each other that make it clear what's going on. But it's very stilted and weird. It's yeah, and I, it's if weird. there's any performance that's worse than Reedus's, I admit, it might be <laughs> it might be his. Yeah, I think so. That guy sucks. And what's weird too is he kind of looks like like Richard Kind, and it made me think I'd much rather have Richard oh. Kind in that role because it would be even more unsettling it and jarring. It might have worked. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, that'd be off-putting, but I prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. You have anything else to add about cigarette burns? I don't no. know if I do. It it happened. I watched it one and a half times. So who was your favorite performance in it then? Oh, uh, that weird, creepy angel. Really? Yeah. It's got to be Udo. Udo Kier, he's feeding his intestines through a projector. And he's doing weird kind of pervy stuff sometimes with the roll of film. Yeah, he is. As well. Uh, uh, no. Huh? No. I still prefer the weird concave chested angel. Like, so scrawny. Yeah. Because that's what I can picture right now, is that weird little angel alien. So that's the part that stuck with me. Yeah, it bothered me too when Kier poured that glass of champagne, but he too much of a head on it, and then he <laughs> spilled it. But uh, little things like that drive me crazy. But yeah. Yeah. You got you to gotta tilt the glass, people, when you, you know, pour them. It's disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm an Udo Kier guy for me. He's my favorite performance in the film. There's things to watch. You can get the local TV app and check it out if you want to. 
<laughs> here, here's what here's what would nail me down. Did they have Mystery Science Theater episodes on there? I did not investigate what else is on this app. I have okay. only watched Masters of Horror. <laughs> so it's an okay. app that I'm only using for that. So I'll Fair. check it out and let you know. Okay. I know I can watch it on YouTube and I can watch it on Pluto. That's the one. Pluto. But, um, Pluto's a good one. Yeah. They're not broadcasting the World Series of Poker this year. Oh. You have to stream it. What? And even then you got to pay. What the? F- no. The poker boom is officially dead, I think. Man, that that was such a thing for a while. We mm-hmm. used to watch it as a family. We'd sit in yeah. the living oh, really? room Did and you? watch. Yeah. All of us, we'd sit in the living room and watch. And here, here's how much we watched it. We would have to cover up the cable box. Because if we saw like they're all in and there's only a minute left, like you know what's going to happen. So we'd have to cover the clock on the right. cable box so that we could like really not know what's going on. That is hilarious. Yeah, we were like very invested. Yeah, I was going to set my DVR and record <laughs> some episodes, but no, no. Aww. You know, I, which is, you know, I, I'm saying this because there's a big scene in Cigarette Burns where everybody plays poker. That's why I brought that up. Yeah, it's not completely random. is there a grade you would give this thing Eh, like probably well on the scale of this show Mm. probably like a three and a half oh wow okay yeah like on the on this show on the whole because i can't really compare it to a movie it's only an hour it's you know it's a different different situation but having watched a couple like basically three or four of the episodes that come before this i start at the beginning uh yeah three and a half out of five Oh, out of the Masters of Horror show. I thought you were referring to our show. No, I I can't give it like a comparison on a true movie scale. So so it's it's not as good as the things I've given three and a half out of five on here. Fair enough. I don't remember any other ones, so I (laughs) I couldn't say. But if I were to try and wedge it into this show, Mm -hmm. I'd probably go about a two, two and a half maybe. Because the first half I think is pretty strong minus Redis, but it, that's the problem is he's the star of it so yeah and rests on him and he's not doing anything no before we get into some retrospective of our scores mm-hmm. do you have any scores you want to change aka will you repent for your sins against dark star <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting you know what you got it at a two right now yeah do you want to change that? I think I may have been overly harsh on that one because it's so much a student film. I'll, I'll bump that up to a three. A three? I love it. All right. All right. But that's it. What about you? Do you have anything you've rethought? I mean, I'm trying to think, look at anything else too if I want to reconsider anything else. No, I went through it in preparing to make charts. And uh, if we were doing quarters, I could be argued... Mm-hmm. Up or down a quarter, but there's nothing I feel strongly enough to to change here. Yeah, I think I'm outside of Dark Star. I think I'm pretty set here. Good. I just needed you to appreciate Dark Star for what it is. Yes, <laughs> you, you've won me over. Thank you, thank you. So our top ranked for the season, mm-hmm. both you and I both have Halloween and the Thing tied at five out of five, straight across. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to ask which one you prefer because. We know. We know you love the thing. Yeah. And, and for me, like when we went through and did this for season two, and I think I had Alien and Aliens, both the same score, and I had to decide mm-hmm. which one I preferred. Like, this is another one that I'm going to have like a similar answer, like depends on the situation. The thing is one you can watch anytime, but you can't really watch Halloween in like the summer. It doesn't feel right. 
So the thing gets like 360 days and Halloween gets like five days a year. That's interesting. One of the things I miss about being here and not in Connecticut is watching the thing during the winter. Ooh. There is an added bonus of, you know, having a storm or having it being really cold outside yeah. when you watch that one. That's, you know, I love that it was at the Antarctica station. They watch it every year. <laughs> it's going to be so, like, unnerving. <laughs> but you're right. I watch, I think I watch Halloween every Halloween. Yeah. But I tend not to watch it independent of October. No. But I watch the thing probably three times a year. Yeah. And it's never that cold here. (laughs) (laughs) Even when it's winter, it's not that cold. Yeah. All right. I think that's a bit of a cop out, but that's fine. I think that's fine. I'll let it go. I mean, I'm giving giving the thing 90%. More than 90%. That's that's not good math. That's way more than 90%. I don't do math. (laughs) This is why I have to use charts. If it's Halloween and you ask me which one of those two I want to watch, I got to go with Halloween. I'm sorry. So where do you in the Halloween franchise generally? Maybe that's what we should have done is just do all the Halloween movies instead. No. <laughs> I hated that. Because I got to tell you, out of all the horror franchises, I think Halloween is one of the weakest. You know, I don't have Halloween have street Have you seen all of them? No. I have okay. seen two of them. The ones called Halloween. That's it. Oh, that's it. So just the David Gordon Green one mm-hmm. or the Rob Zombie one? No, David Gordon Green. Okay. So I haven't seen any of the other ones. I remember H2O coming out. Oof. Actually, H2O is not horrible. Do not email this show and have <laughs> ask us to do a Halloween <laughs> for season four. I would it's off the table. walk slowly into the ocean. <laughs> it's off the table. <laughs> okay, good. It's not happening. We've decided right now. uh speaking of films we don't like our bottom ranked for the season we both are our bottom was 1.5 out of 5 yeah you gave that to the ward i gave that to memoirs of an invisible man Mm -hmm. and i would prefer to never watch either of those movies ever again yeah that'd be fine with me (laughs) no i I did not hate in memoirs as much as other people but even with Chevy Chase being an absolute a-hole. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I don't know. There's a weird quality to it that I just kind of dug. I still don't know why. The special effects, too, are really good for its time. Yeah. I don't even want to give it credit for that because of how much I did not enjoy it, though. <laughs> <laughs> but happy to never watch that one ever again. Sounds like Carpenter is, too. <laughs> Yeah, unless there's a check for it. And then right. I think, you know, if somebody said, hey, we want you live to come do some commentary in this theater, there's a there's a big check, he'd be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good for that him. That might be the only scenario in which I'd be willing to watch that movie again. If somebody paid you? Oh, uh, no. If I could listen <laughs> to John Carpenter shit talk it the whole time. Oh, okay. But fresh, not on the commentary. Yes. Fresh. Yeah, no, 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 no. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Most fucks. um we are we are aligned completely dark star assault on precinct 13 halloween escape from new york the thing big trouble in little china they live escape from la oh yeah the fog you 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 didn't nope but those those ones we are all tied up 10 out of 10 
Yeah, I had a ten. You had a nine for the fog. Yeah. I gave I gave it a nine because there's not an ending. It just sort of drags out for a while. You can't have thought of like one more thing. It's just poor Adrian Barbeau on the roof for like fifteen minutes and nothing happens. Yeah, I docked him for that. It's disrespectful, but fine. And then least fucks. Mm-hmm. We we both agree that the ward received the least amount of fucks. Uh, I gave it a zero. Wow. You gave, you gave it a two. I'd forgotten, even though it was just last episode that you've given it a zero yeah i'm not even convinced that man was there (laughs) all right chris i have five questions for you okay they are screen run questions that i need you to answer and you can you can answer as long-winded or short-winded as you prefer that's up to you all right we'll see how this goes who's the better final girl laurie strode or ellen ripley Ooh. Mm mm-hmm I think it's got to be Ellen Ripley. Okay, I think so too. <laughs> I think I just when it comes to sheer, I think just presence and badassness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if are we sticking to just like their the one films yeah. we've seen because we we're not going to expand into yeah the Gordon Green Halloweens when Jamie Lee Curtis kind of just turns into like an Ellen Ripley kind <laughs> type character, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I got to go with Ripley. Yeah. Now, who's the better basketball player, Ellen Ripley or Snake Plissken? <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, Ellen Ripley's clone, obviously. Right, right, of course. <laughs> um, well, I got to go Snake because anybody can make a the uh, backwards half court shot and get lucky <laughs> like that, right? Snake had real talent. He had to yeah. get that done. He did. It was a series. There's pressure underneath yeah. him that she yeah. wasn't expecting. That's true. So. That's true. You got to add points for that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Who is more terrifying, Michael Myers or the Xenomorph? Oh, I think it's got to be the Xenomorph because it comes out of the dark. It's <gasps> almost unstoppable. It's got acid for blood. Yep. And Michael Myers is really slow. I think you could just <laughs> do like a little it follows scenario. You just keep moving. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Though he does drive. Xenomorphs don't drive. They don't, but there also aren't cars in any of those movies. So maybe they do, and we just haven't seen it yet. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, the Xenomorph never gets behind the wheel and takes mm-hmm. over. So, um, But I still think the just the fact that you have a mouth that opens up to another mouth that mm-hmm. has just as sharp teeth does it for me. Like yeah. you said, tossing the acid for blood, Yeah, there's your winner. Yeah, scarier than being able to drive, for sure. Yeah. Well, which would you? What would you find more terrifying, the xenomorph or the thing? Oh, xenomorph. See, the thing I think is scarier because it can be anybody. But I don't want to be killed by a xenomorph. Okay, or worse, <laughs> implanted by one, impregnated yeah, by one. I don't right? want that to happen. No, thank you. Mm. Yeah. That is a fate worse than death. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Two questions left. Okay. What is scarier to you as a viewer? The alien chestburster or the thing chest chomp? I think the chestburster. Yeah? is It's a more visceral. It's more intense. And it's something coming out of you. The horror of the thought process of how it got in there to begin with. Ugh. You factor in all of that. I think the chestburster is worse. Where would you come down? For me, it's that the chest like chomp. I didn't know mm-hmm. what to call it because I saw it when I was way too young and I didn't know what it was. I saw it out of context in a montage and it, boy, did it stick in my brain. <laughs> I think it's a better effect 
Oh, it's the so... chest chomp thing <laughs> for yeah. sure. But if I had to choose an injury, and plus with the uh, the chest chomp, there's a possibility that I survive that. Is there? <laughs> I guess I don't know because <laughs> I don't think so. Everything sort of collapsed. The thing, too, though, the thing enzymes, I think, get into your bloodstream and then yeah. slowly take you over. I think you're it? screwed either way. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. And last question. Finally, to bring it back to season one, who has the better stable of go-to actors, John Carpenter or Kevin Smith? Well, if, if you're talking acting talent, it's John Carpenter for, I think, hands down <laughs> easily. I mean, who are we talking to? You got, you're talking Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking... Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Peter Jason, obvi. Mm-hmm. We can, we can throw Pam Greer in there. We can throw in anybody who's who's repeating. We got Keith David. Keith David's good. Uh, Jeff Amata. Who else are we missing? I've been doing this all season. Why don't I remember? <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell uh, you all the Kevin Smith ones. So basically, we're lining up like Jamie Lee Curtis against Ben Affleck. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it depends. Is it Holden Caulfield or is it Shannon? Well, it's we're just just going with the the stable of actors. Holden Caulfield, so. listen to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, you have legit movie stars for Carpenter, so I think you have to go with that. I mean, outside you you do have some for Smith, but Affleck obviously is what the biggest star of the bunch, right? And then Matt Damon, Damon but he's not. He's always been more sidekicky, right? Even he's still he still he co-stars Dogma. Yeah. Oof, see, now I'm, yes, I'm wondering. Yes, this story now gets a little over. tough. Like, you got, you've got a scale of like heavy hitters to like solid characters for both of them. Rosario Dawson, who I love. Yeah, yeah, you got to throw her in there. Son of a gun, this was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think Kurt Russell outshines all of them, so I got to go oh, Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, I think Kurt Russell might be the trump card. All right, I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> our next next little segment of data here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're going to participate with me and rank my wrestles okay so your choices are snake plissken jack burton or rj mccready so tell me which out of those three do you think is the smartest the smartest yeah we're going to have all different categories here so just smartest who you got Oof. Um, I'm going Snake. Yeah, I think it's Snake. It's Snake, McCready, and then... Oh, you're going to rank them all? I guess that is the name of what I called it, isn't it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what you said. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think that far, because I was going to make a chart based on the different characters and all of their attributes. Give me just your number ones for right now, and then I'm going to plot them all. Who is okay. the funniest... Oh, come on. It's Jack Burton, hands yeah. down. Who's the coolest? I guess it depends on your definition of cool. Well, what's your definition of cool? Well, besides me? <laughs> um, see, it's tough because they're uh-huh. all kind of cool in their own way. I know, but who's the coolest? I think I gotta go snake. Gotta. <laughs> all right. Conversely, who's the hottest? Hmm. So, I think, ooh. <laughs> you would think it would be Snake, but I'm going to go McCready on I'm this. going McCready! <laughs> yes. It's 
that beard, man. Yep. Yeah. McCready's the hottest, despite being the frozen one. Yep. Who's the most trustworthy? Well, it can't be McCready because he may be a thing. I think you would trust your life to uh, Jack Burton, though he may accidentally get you killed. <laughs> He'll do everything he can to keep you alive. I, I got a co-sign. Snake's not going to care. No, no, no. And finally, who's the most capable? It's. I think it's got to be Snake. But I think you can make an argument for McCready because he's one of the possible lone survivors of that entire thing. Well, he's not going to survive. Neither, neither of them do. But yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think it's got to be Snake. Snake. All right. Now, overall, mm-hmm. what was your biggest surprise of the season? That I didn't hate Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Oh. <laughs> That's such a a positive surprise. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that I didn't hate it. I really thought I was going to be like, God, this is dreadful. And I actually, for the most part, enjoyed it. Still not great, but I enjoyed it. There you go. Um. My biggest surprise, I was going to say Dark Star at first because I truly wasn't expecting to have any affinity for a random cobbled together student film. Yeah. But I got to give it to They Live just because of I was so unaware of the movie and then it mm. blew my mind. And even though I knew it was like, oh, this will be one of the good ones, I didn't know I was going to enjoy it that much. I didn't know it was going to like hit so hard still almost like 40 years later. Yeah, and I would add to for me uh, the f- score for the fog. Oh, it really—I got a much deeper appreciation for it than I used to have listening to it again. Like, Thanks. like legit, it was went from like I think a five to like an eight nine Whoa. score for me. Yeah. All right, all right. Now we gave our favorite performance every movie. Yep. But who gives your favorite performance across the whole season? I don't even have to think twice about it. Huh? It's Kurt Russell as Jack Burton. Oh! In Big Trouble in China. <laughs> it's the most fun performance, I think, out of any one of these films. I like it. He's lovable. He's a rogue. He's an idiot. <laughs> he drives. With the one-liners. Yeah. What was he say? If we're, not, if we're not back in 24 hours, call the president. I mean, there's so many great little moments like that. And the deliveries of those just over-the-top lines are just pitch perfect. Yeah. It's Burton. It's lovely. I I struggled. I, I respect your instant ability to know. But eventually, I got to give it up to Jamie Lee and Halloween. It's it's like... I so. I, you know, I, I spent some time thinking about this one, going back through mm-hmm. who I'd picked so far. But, like, her acting chops, that her age, like, her performance yeah. is so, like, realistic. And... yeah. Even when she's having an absolute freak out, like it's it doesn't ever feel cheesy or like it's it's just such a level above anything you get in a horror movie. And the cultural significance of her, I got to give it to her. You know, she does really sound and feel like a 24 year old, 15 year old girl fighting for her life. <laughs> she's trying to survive. It's true. I just I believe her. Uh, I do, too. I, I mean, I say that. Yeah. Kind of backhandedly, but I do. <laughs> she does sell it. She does truly do that. Yeah. There you go. So our last question I'm going to ask you, our last okay. data point mm-hmm. for this John Carpenter season. If somebody, this is, this is really hard because all of your answers are going to be the thing. <laughs> but if, if somebody <laughs> wants to watch Carpenter yep. and they only have one movie they can watch, 
Is there any hesitation to you answering the thing right off the bat? I <laughs> I don't think so. It's my favorite horror film. I think it's it's the most I don't know if mainstream thing he's is the right way to put it that he's done, but everything came together perfectly. Part of my concern is that people may be let down a little bit if they explore the rest of his canon after that, because mm. I don't think anything is as good as that. I mean, listen to my reaction when people, <laughs> when we had people on who hadn't seen the thing. It was no. like I was personally wounded. <laughs> yeah, you began to interrogate all of our guests who had never seen the thing. Yep. <laughs> Every single one of them. Um, yeah. It's. Would, how about uh, you're a star man, I assume? What would you do? I have a bad good answer, and it's Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. It's not like the most definitive Carpenter thing because he just has such a connection with horror, but it's just such a good time. If somebody was like, all right, I'll watch one John Carpenter movie, what should I watch? I would tell them to watch that because if they never watch another movie, they'll never know how different it is from everything else he does. And if they do decide to watch something else, well, all right, it'll be a weird left turn into whatever else they choose. So, yeah, because th- you don't think it's that's might be my concern is that it's too, I don't know if goofy is the right word, but I mean, I mean, he, I think he tries to replicate that with Ghosts of Mars and just swings and misses over and over. Yeah. But, it's so different, I think, than mostly everything else he's done. I feel yeah. like you'd be, you'd be selling them a bill of goods, saying like, "Oh, well, I get to see another movie like Big Trouble in Little China if I watch Prince of Darkness." You're like, no, no. <laughs> no, but I, I kind of feel close like would they live? But you know, Prince of Darkness even is so different. In the Mouth of Madness is like the most thematically similar, but. Mm. It's just there's just little pieces of of them that can different films and in his career that connect to each other in different ways. I feel like even Prince of Darkness connects like a little bit to Assault on Precinct 13 because everybody's like stuck in this one place over a limited amount of time. Like there's just little bits here and there that connect to each other, except for Big Trouble in Little China, unless you count Kurt Russell as a connective tissue. And uh, I still I just I can't I can't not recommend that one if somebody was wanting to watch one movie. That's the one I got to give him. This is Kaka. <laughs> I know. I told you it was a bad, good answer because it's a movie that, you know, you're not going to disagree with my recommendation to watch it. But within the context that I created, it's a bad answer. Yeah. yeah, No. I, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah. All right. I'm out of questions, Chris. That's it. That's it. Now well, I got to make charts. Yeah. I wish I, I, I had come up with some questions for you. I, I feel deficient but that's no kind of i feel I like feel my whole life so that's nothing really different so no no all for me i wanted to ask you so many questions because you had seen so many of these movies before mm-hmm. and so episode by episode i'm just kind of taking it in 85 percent of the time having not seen it so i wanted to throw you some stuff that you were not ready for so would you consider then outside of the thing in in halloween that Big Trouble would be your favorite film he's done then if you had to excise those? <sighs> Depends on my, my mood. I'm I'm copping out again with that kind of answer because if I'm feeling a little so of my great. feelings, I'm going to want to watch Starman. Yeah. But if I'm, you know, want to have a good time, I'm going to go with Big Trouble in Little China. So it's, I'm going to be really lazy here and just blame my hormones and my gender. Um, <laughs> My friend came over to watch a movie last night. She was like, let's watch like... Uh, you know, we were we were gonna watch Romeo and Juliet. She came over. She's like, I don't got that in me. That's too much. 
Let's watch something light. And I was like, I got you. Always be my maybe. And that's what we did. We had to switch it up. If the hormones aren't right, you got to switch it up. So, You know what I love <laughs> for the romantic comedies? Um, is it definitely maybe the Ryan Reynolds one with um? Oh yeah, tells a story about how his how to his daughter how he met his mom with the three women. Yeah, it's Elizabeth Smart and other people. <laughs> Rachel Vice and uh, and then my the third one is my favorite of the bunch, and I cannot remember who it was. This is oh um can't really be your Sasha favorite. Baron Cohen's wife. Uh, oh, Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I miss, um, despite Always Be My Maybe being from like four years ago, I miss when we got good rom-coms all the time. Yeah. It's a lost art. It's lost to streaming. I know, and it's not going to work now, because. Um, but coming out, I think, on my birthday Ooh. in 4K, which is July 25th. Note it down, write it down, everybody. Uh, <laughs> so I Married Next Murderer is coming out in 4K, oh. which is one of my favorite kind of romantic comedies of the 90s. If you have not <laughs> seen it, it is very, very funny. Honestly, don't think I've actually watched it. Watched it. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. I think that I should do that. You definitely should. It's. Very, I will do very that for sweet. your birthday. It's very gift. funny. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that movie. <laughs> Michael Myers movies. Mm, uh, so many bad ones. Well, it's got connective tissue to this season, which I like because of Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> what if we did? Michael Myers movies, but it's the Halloween movies with Michael Myers and then also Michael Myers, the actor. (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're watching like Shrek and then (laughs) like various Halloween films, Austin Powers and then back to Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds horrible. (laughs) We're going to evaluate and figure out what we can do for season four, but season four ain't going to be this long. Yeah, no. <laughs> we're not doing anything this nah, I think long. We're again. done with these yeah, twenty-one episodes. We've, we've runs. learned our lesson. Aliens was nice, ten and done. Yeah, we will accept recommendations. We will not necessarily listen to them, but we will it's gladly, um, you know, receive them. That's all I got, Chris. That that was wonderful. I really <laughs> want to thank you for bringing your A game to this <laughs> and making me feel welcome and at home and and appreciated and loved, which is I think all we're any of us are really looking for. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot of fun this season with you and our guests. (laughs) I don't know if people know, but you do a lot of the heavy lifting, if not all of it, for this. I basically watch a movie and I show up. (laughs) So thank you so much for everything. This wouldn't be possible without you. Um, Everybody, make sure you give The Lady Wants some love on your favorite (laughs) social media platforms. So this was good. I always enjoy our conversations. So thank you very much. I'm getting a little... Okay. Well, I I feel like I developed my film cred so much more this season. It was really mm-hmm. embarrassing to say like I'd only seen like two Carpenter movies for a while. So now I can be like, oh, John Carpenter, I've seen them all. How much you're, of a douche do I sound now. saying that? Like, yeah, that's me on film Twitter. <laughs> you have a doctorate in Carpenterology. Mm-hmm. You are all set. Yeah. And you saw Dark Star. You watched Memoirs of an Invisible Man. You saw The Ward. Yeah. Not only did I watch Dark Star, I now love Dark Star. See? So that, that makes me feel cool. Good for you. That's what this is all about. It's just my self-esteem. Thanks. Anything <laughs> we can do to help boost it. I'm all on. <laughs> well, I think most importantly, I guess tied for most importantly, we have to thank our 
incredible guests who joined mm-hmm. us this season. We had so many awesome people from fantastic podcasts. Like we'll, we'll tweet them out to shout everybody out at the end of the season, just cause man, they showed up and they watched sometimes amazing films and sometimes very confusing or mm-hmm. uh, subpar stuff. And we love them for that. So thank you to our incredible guests. Some of whom came back for even more this season. Yes. And also, most, most importantly, yeah, I think our listeners, thank you for mm-hmm. going on this journey with us, uh, listening to us, try to maintain sanity, try mm-hmm. to try to not completely scream into the microphone sometimes. So thank you for, for watching these movies and, and listening to us talk about yeah. these movies. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Oh, <laughs> I'm in my feelings. so yeah we're gonna take a break for a while and then we're gonna come back with renewed energy and a brand new idea that sounds wonderful (laughs) but don't hold us to a timeline because we're tired (laughs) (laughs) it's also very hot here and that depletes your energy it certainly does like i can't i can only walk my dog once around the block that's it i got nothing else for her so you gotta wait it till nighttime too at this point yeah yeah there is no outside time between like 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Like it's out of the question. Nope. Yeah. What? <sighs> all right. Well, we gave the weather. We yep. About <laughs> As all podcasts Boy do. Max murder. <laughs> we talked about <laughs> poker. Is there anything else we need to touch on before we wrap up? All right. Well, happy birthday to me. I think this will be close Yay. to my birthday when this yes, launches. Yes, it will. And uh, there you go. Well, everybody, again, I echo my esteemed co-host words. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you to all our guests. It was a blast. And okay. we will see you very soon. Yeah. Which... We'll, we'll be back. You can keep up with us on Twitter at ScreenRun. ScreenRun.fun is our little website. And uh, you can email us, ScreenRunFun at gmail.com with any thoughts you might be having while you're waiting for us to come on back. We'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. A million suns shine down, but I see only one. When I think I'm over you, I find I've just begun. The years move faster than the days, there's no warmth in the light. And how I miss those desert skies Your cool touch in the night Benson, Arizona Blue warm wind through your hair My body flies the galaxies My heart longs to be there Benson, Arizona The same stars in the sky But they seem so much kinder When we watch them you Benson, Arizona, blue warm wind through your hair. My body flies the galaxies, my heart longs to be there. Benson, Arizona, the same stars in the sky. 
But they seem so much kinder when we watch them, you and I. Now the years pull us apart. I'm young and now you're old. But you're still in my heart. And the memory won't grow cold. I dream of times and spaces I left far behind. Where we spent our last few days, Benson's on my mind. Benson, Arizona, blue warm wind through your hair. My body flies the galaxies, my heart longs to be there. Benson, Arizona, the same stars in the sky. But they seem so much kinder when we watch them, you and I.